With that, we turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, and we find the disciples in traveling mode. And this is what Mark says. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying, and were afraid to ask him. When they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. Dearest Lord, we ask that you open us up to what you would have us hear. You would walk into our hearts that we might be refreshed and renewed people. Shift us in such a way that when we walk out of this place this morning, we look at the world a little differently and look at ourselves a little differently because we've been reminded of who you are. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen. What did that just feel like? Awkward. Right? Not knowing how long is this guy going to go. Could he just start talking, please? The longer it goes, the more awkward it feels, especially when you don't know what's to come next. It's awkward. It's an awkward silence. What do you do with the awkward silences in your life? In our reading today, there are a number of awkward silences, some obvious, some not. Mark starts off by talking about how the disciples are on their way through Galilee, but Jesus does not want anyone to know it. In other words, he wants them to stay silent. Why? Why all of a sudden this covert undercover operation where they have to sneak in the back alleys and stay in the shadows? The disciples must have been wondering that same thing. Why can't we speak to the crowds? 
Why can't we say who we are and why we're here like we've always done? Why are we doing it this way? Why? It must have been awkward. Then Mark tells us that Jesus is talking to them about how he is to be betrayed and killed and then on the Thursday, third day rise again and how they don't understand what he's saying. They don't understand what he's saying and they're afraid to ask him another awkward silence. Maybe some of them understood what he was saying and they were being silent because they didn't want to believe that it would actually play out in the way that he was talking. Maybe that's why they were silent. Or maybe they all just thought he was feeding them a bunch of nonsense and if they just stay mute, then it'll pass and he'll finally start talking about something that's for real. Or maybe they were actually wrestling with the words that Jesus was saying to them. That in the silence of their own hearts, they were wrestling with it. Trying to come to terms with it. Finally, Mark tells us that they arrive in Capernaum. They're in Capernaum where is their, kind of their base of operations and they're in the house. They've been traveling for a while now, obviously. And on the way, they've been arguing about Who is the greatest? You know, the kind of level of volume that they can hear what they're saying, but Jesus can't quite hear what they're saying. That kind of conversation. And Jesus interrupts them and says, What have you been arguing about on the way? They're silent again. This time it's assumed that they're silent because they're ashamed. Kind of like the kid who gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar. That kind of awkward silence. We all know what that feels like. But it was awkward. Mark's gospel, start to finish, is filled with silent moments. Most of them awkward silences. There are the many times that Jesus heals and Then he tells the person that he has just healed to stay silent about it, to not say a word. The one thing that a person with that kind of experience wants to do is tell someone else about it, and Jesus tells them to keep quiet. That must have been awkward. The story of when the disciples go up onto the mountaintop and Jesus is transfigured before them, as Mark puts it, with all this poetic, dazzling language that's mysterious and kind of beyond an understanding, trying to capture the feel of what a moment like that must have been like. And yet, as Mark puts it, when the disciples come down from that experience, they kept the matter to themselves. Awkward silence. And then the big one that is unique to Mark On Easter morning, when the women come to the tomb and find it empty, Jesus is not here, they are told. He's gone ahead of you. Go and tell the disciples. But Mark's version puts it this way. They ran from the tomb and said nothing to anyone. So often in life, we don't know what to do with the awkward silences that come along. 
think of a time when you yourself were caught doing something you shouldn't or saying something you shouldn't. And what do you try to do? You try to wiggle your way out of it by talking. It's an awkward moment. Or what if the kind of silence when you're in a a group of people and you're discussing something, or maybe in a class, and someone says something so profoundly true that there is no way to follow that up with anything, and everyone sits there in the silence of it, this awkward silence. Or if you're in a conversation with someone else, and they assume that you are in full agreement with them and they say something to that effect and it creates this awkward moment, this silent time where you don't know what to do next because it's conflicted. What do you do with the awkward silences in your life? I must tell you, I've been trying to trust them more. And I want to make a suggestion. What if those moments, what if we were to look at those awkward silences as generative moments? I mean, we live in a world that doesn't know what to do with them. And our first reaction is is to interrupt them, to try to fill them with something, with information or more argument, anything. What if we were instead to look at those moments as moments when God might be speaking most clearly? As if... That's what makes them awkward in the first place. That the very reason that they're weird and strange and awkward and we find ourselves uncertain is because, precisely because, it is that very moment that God is prompting us, prompting you, prompting me to start wrestling with that thing that we haven't haven't figured out in our own hearts. What if we were to look at those moments like that. When the disciples were silent because they didn't understand what Jesus was saying or for whatever reason, I've come to believe that part of it is that God was working with them more deeply in that very in that very moment, in those very seconds, that when they were silent because they got caught in a petty conversation, that God was working with them in the silence that followed challenging them, prompting them to take one more look at themselves, regain an understanding of who they are and who the others are around them and how we relate to one another. What if we were to look at awkward silences in our lives as God bringing something to our attention? As I've gotten older, I've tried, and specifically more recently, to trust those moments more than run from them. 
contemplative prayer guru Thomas Keating once said that God is not just with us, not just beside us or beneath us or over us, but is also within us at the deepest level. At the deepest level. And in our inmost being is just one step beyond the true self, he said. Not just above us, but within us, at the deepest level, in the awkward silence, I would say, of our own hearts. What do you do with the awkward silences in your life? Recently, I was in a conversation with someone I've come to trust over the years. Someone I've come to cherish. And they said something that challenged me in a way I didn't expect. We were talking and they said to me, they said, sometimes you act like the privileged white men of the world. Didn't expect that. They weren't trying to be mean. They were trying to be helpful. But I must admit, it created an awkward silence in my own heart. It created an awkwardness deep inside me. My first reaction was to get defensive. That's always our first reaction. When we hear something that might just be the truth, we get defensive. And so I wanted to fill it with, you know, anything anything, more information, my own voice, my own thoughts, my own reaction. I wanted to say something, do something. What if instead we were to trust a moment like that? Where God is actually confronting us with who we might be and be perceived in the world. A challenge to look at and gain a greater understanding of ourselves and those around us. What if we were to actually believe that God is right there with us in those times? What is it Keaton said? Keating? God is not just beside us, beneath us, over us that is within us, in our inmost being. I want to leave you with this. In a world where everyone seems to be clamoring into groups that agree on everything, this congregation has been struggling with a different call. On the face of things, we may look similar, but on the inside, we're different. We have different opinions, different understandings. We don't agree on the same things. We, we struggle with that like anyone would. And yet, we are trying to live into the call that Christ has brought us here just the same. That Christ has, in fact, called us to stay together regardless And I believe that. 
I believe it because I couldn't come up with something like that on my own. I don't think anybody else could. I mean, who in the world would put a bunch of nuts like us together and call it the church? Not me. Only God could do that. Only God. And every time we realize God has done something, it's followed with awkward silence. I, for one, am glad God's done it. I, for one, am glad you're here. Amen.